0: It's rivalry week for Toronto FC, which I guess is something to look forward to after another disastrous pair of games for the team. <laughs> My name is Mitchell Tierney. This is Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks, and this week on the show we'll chat more major injuries, what the rest of the season could bring for the club, a notable free agent, and plenty more. We'll also look depth in-depth at a Canadian team who's actually having some success, and of course Toronto FC's opponent this week, CF Montréal, Tristan Demmel of MLS will be by in just a bit to talk about the surprise they've been this season. Speaking of writers at MLS though, Michael Singh, some big news this week. uh, Now writing for the MLS mothership. Congratulations, sir.
1: Yeah, man, I guess all of my uh, articles, just bashing TFC, finally caught some traction, man. And uh, MLS decided to reach out and, you know, good things, man, good things. And I appreciate uh, everyone's support because obviously none of this could happen without, you know, all of you guys and, all of the, the people that chime into the show as well, because I know you guys are you know, big fans of, of the work that we do at Waking the Red. So excited to you know continue to, to move on here and, and go do, hopefully, you know, bigger and better things.
2: Onward and upward, Mikey. Fantastic. There we go, man. Fantastic, there we awesome. go.
0: It was the it was mm-hmm. the Benedict bump. We had Benny on the show last week. Yep, we all yep. know all uh, the rides he's been on, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Michael's just following the waves. So love love to see it. Big week for Jeffrey P. Nesker as well. I mean, he was. Uh, I saw him drumming at a Hamilton Forge game. I've seen all kinds of, <sighs> of <his> pictures. <laughs> I should have yeah, got a yeah, picture up. <laughs> mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, there's apparently video footage that I need to find and destroy. So uh, <laughs> that'll be. That'll be pretty fantastic. Not, not if yeah.
0: producer Sophia doesn't get it first. Then, then we'll uh, then we'll make sure to put it in the intro or have it in the show somehow. I'll,
2: I'll say this: it was about forty-seven thousand degrees in the shade at Tim Hortons Field. so my brain was desperately trying to stay alive, and keeping time sort of helped, I guess, yeah. for a second.
1: Jeff, um, you find and, yourself yeah. in hot places more than anyone I know, like hot know. situations. Whether it's I your know. apartment, whether you're outside, somehow the heat attracts. I, Jeffrey I P. gotta,
2: I gotta rethink my life choices, guys. I think I need <laughs> to move up north. Sudbury sounds nice. Maybe Siberia, you know? I hear it's quite you temperate want, in BC. Never gets. Do you want to give a
1: little Never disclaimer as to mm-hmm. what else is going on in your apartment today? Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have to dip because uh, uh, there's construction going on. They're rebuilding the uh, the the access ramp to the front of my building, and uh, I woke up this morning to the sound of World War III. So uh, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen, but uh, we're living on borrowed time because uh, it's been about a half an hour noise free. So I imagine their lunch break is probably ending very soon. So
0: I don't know. Isn't the joke with construction workers that they take like three hour lunch breaks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Never no. Doing anything? So maybe yeah, fingers, maybe we'll fingers get crossed on that. <laughs> Fing- I, <laughs> I mean, the notice in the notice in the thing.
2: hallway said that they'll be in and out like uh, like a like a shot. So uh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah. all right let's keep this conversation going guys because the more we talk mm. about this the less we have to talk about tfc so <laughs> yeah, anything else yeah. you guys want to get off your chest yeah. right now
0: <laughs> well honestly we don't we don't have to start the show with with tfc this week we can we tristan's here so we might as well Huge. start by talking about a, a team that's actually having some success in mls so let's let's bring yeah. tristan on why don't we and talk some cf moly
2: now hey. going by
0: Tristan Demol from MLSsoccer.com. Tristan, been a big fan of your work for, for a long time, so very pleased to have yeah. you on the show.
3: Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate <laughs> that. Also, Michael, uh, congratulations on the oh, on wow. gig. We're yeah. officially colleagues now.
1: Oh, look at that. I'm honored. <laughs> nice. I'm honored, my guy. Thank nice. you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm Well-deserved, well-deserved.
1: Thank you. Oh, I sure. appreciate it. Kind words from everybody, man. I'm feeling all the love today. I like
2: it. Keep this going. We should do this more often. <laughs> no, I, no don't I don't want to. You it. got yeah, one week, so that's it. it. That's it. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be horrible to you next week. So, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, Tristan, we'll start with this. I think it's fair to say uh, CF Montreal have been one of the biggest surprises this year in MLS. I guess just to sum it up quickly, what's gone right for this team? And to be in a playoff position that they currently are, I don't think many were expecting that.
3: I think it starts with the coaching situation. They uh, you know, A lot of people had uh, Montreal in, in, in the depths, uh, mainly because the the international superstar in Thierry Henry uh, left for personal reasons. I mean, I feel like we could all understand what he was going through. Uh, for Wilfred Nancy, and look, guys, uh, I'm not going to lie, I've been saying this to pretty much everywhere I've been invited to that's not Montreal. So, uh, it's not a fresh take, but it's a take that I like to repeat. Uh, Wilfred Nancy is the most interesting coach in MLS. He is a very, very, very interesting man. And the, I think the way he coaches this team fits perfectly with the ethos that is CF Montreal. I think um, he, he's a very cerebral man. He's a guy that's waited for a while to get his first shot at being a head coach and uh, he understands the, the, the youth movement. Uh, he's been coaching. I mean, like I think the, the, beautiful, the most beautiful example for me is uh, Mathieu Chouinien, who's a breakout star for CF Montreal this year. A mm-hmm. uh, homegrown guy, uh, went through so many injuries, including a concussion, which he's been, go- he's been dealing with for a year, full year. Wilfred Nancy started coaching Mathieu Chouinien when he was 11 years old. Like this is like, this is the kind of stuff you get with Montreal this year. It's a very young squad, uh, a squad that uh, not a lot of people gave chances to. And they uh, proved that they could, you know, kick it with the the best, especially when they were down in Florida, a little less now, but there's a lot of suspensions, a lot of injuries. uh, And uh, I think, I think it's slowly, the pendulum is slowly swinging the other way.
1: Man, I've been. Yeah. Ta- I'm glad you mentioned Matthew Chanoir, if I pronounce that correctly, because I've been talking about his brother and I watch him for Forge. And man, special. And Mitch, I think, correctly pointed out last year that his brother is even better than him. And we're seeing that this year. So they got some some talent there in uh, the Chanoir family. But speaking of new additions there, Tristan, I got to ask you about uh, Canadian international that's been on the rise, uh, Kamal Miller newer addition for for CF Montreal just how good has he been for for Montreal how important has he been because we see how good he's been
3: for the national team yeah this dude is uh, uh he came in uh he he came in off a trade I mean one of those Olivier Renard trades uh by low and he's definitely going to sell high with this guy uh and I I uh you know Saw him from afar. I mean, he was playing with the uh, OCB and then he was playing with Orlando City, mainly as a left back. But uh, the second he came up here, it was uh, he was for sure going to be a center back. And I think the playing him on the left side of uh, of that back three or through the three center back back line, because it's a point of contention. Is it a back five? Is it a back three? Anyway, <laughs> um, but what I think is really cool about Kamal is that he came in and straight from the get-go we had this sense or i was getting we were getting words that the guy's 24 but he's a leader like he's coming in and he's being a leader and and it was something that montreal was looking for uh with this guy and uh um, in case you don't know the the captaincy situation is a bit of a committee um Mm -hmm. the the guy you're going to see wearing the armband if he's on the pitch is sam piet uh and then there's victor waniyama but Kamal Miller is on that committee. He's the third kind of co-captain situation and I think it, straight from uh you know talking with him on on the Zoom calls and whatnot he seems like he's much younger than he's tw- than 24. Yeah. And I think uh it it just brings this calmness and I think that was the um, him alongside uh Rudy Camacho, who's having a tremendous season, apart from those two red cards or the two <laughs> suspensions. Uh, I we think love he's Rudy having- Camacho, he's, yeah, he's our I Rudy weapon. Camacho. He's but I mean, the guy, if it wasn't for the red cards, I think you know, I was vouching for him for all star, like he's having an all star um season. And uh, Canadian fans, he is about to get citizenship uh and he's expressed interest mm. for playing for the canadian national team wow. so i uh, i you know i'm just saying i'm just putting it out there uh he's never played for the french national team so uh, uh, but that back three with uh, with Shruna with camacho with miller uh is a stark difference from the the defensive uh defensive squad that we had back in the day in montreal i think it's one of the best defensively uh, and it's really helped out guys like, uh, James Pantemis who, you know, ha- was ha- obviously made some mistakes, but if you go young, you're always going to have mistakes. So, you
2: know. yeah. Yeah. I Good mean, he sort of answered
3: nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: defense. What's that? Uh, he sort of answered my first question, uh, which was essentially praising Wilford Nancy because we love him over here. He's, he's fabulous. He's the real deal. Um, and you sort of, so, so I'll ask you one of my bonus questions that I just thought about what, what's going on with Balutabla? <laughs> I mean, is he, you know, cause, cause I, Great I really rated him at, at the outset. And then of course he went to Barcelona and, and kind of, kind of festered there for a while on the B team. Uh, we saw flashes of him at, what was it? The gold cup or world cup qualifying, Olympic, what, uh, Olympic, Olympic qualifying. qualifying, right, right, right. The, the failed campaign. Um and uh I haven't heard much about him. I mean, what's what 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 does the future look like for Balu Tabla in your opinion?
3: It's a great question. Well, I can the one update I can tell you is that he has long hair now.
2: No. <laughs> wow. Update we wow. all needed. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. That's a good yeah. update. I like that update. For the yeah.
3: fashionistas out there. But uh it's it's been a it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year after another tough year after another tough year Mm -hmm, for Balu, And, uh, you know, I think everyone just wants him to play, uh, but I don't know if Montreal is necessarily the place that he's going to play. Um, He struggled with injuries. uh, And then a few, I think it was a few last week or the week before, uh, someone asked him about, someone asked uh, Wilfred Nancy about uh, Balu, and he said he's he's not close to being... Mm to being fit. Uh, and I think it's, it's sad. It's, it's, uh, it's disappointing for, for him. Uh, you know, I think he wasn't, um, I don't know if he had the, the best advice, uh, you know, going, uh, growing up or, or growing up in his, in his, uh, soccer career. career. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's, um, it's a bit, it's a bit unfortunate and I'm not sure what necessarily would be the best, outcome uh i don't know if there's an mls team out there uh looking to you know take a chance on him Uh, i think the fact that he's canadian and not american is is, but cpl i mean here's the thing with cpl the guy played for barcelona yeah Uh, he he was i mean it was barcelona b but i'm uh, i would like to think that the salary of a player for barca b is not that bad uh, mm-hmm. neither is uh, in, in, uh, in MLS. Is, is taking the pay cut of a, um, of a CPL player something he wants to do? That is a, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, but at the that. end of the day, how many options do you have?
2: Exactly. So, you
3: know, I, I wish him the best. Honestly, uh, I just think he needs to play. And uh, one thing I'll end on for, for Balu was um, right before the pandemic, I remember the last, or the second to last, uh, training session I went to. Uh, he was playing um, wing back. and I thought that was a I thought that was an interesting uh, an interesting thing for Balu. To be fair, we haven't really seen him because, uh, as you know, a pandemic happened, and then uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> then we then he got injured when we were out back to training. Uh, and i'm not as uh, as as a, i'm not as much a regular at, at the training sessions as i used to be um, tell us about but, it
2: same here yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: but uh i think it, i thought i was going to i thought it was an interesting little um little experiment and i don't think we really saw that happening but the way they're mm-hmm. playing wingbacks now in montreal i think would have been an interesting thing i think uh it would have been good to brush up on his on his uh defensive work but uh, so I, I hope for the best. I just hope that he plays.
1: Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let I me tell you something, Tristan. Like, Griffin Dorsey right now is finding a way to get in matches for the Houston Dynamo. And if Griffin Dorsey can find a way to get in matches in MLS, I think anything <laughs> is possible for Balutabla. Oh, oh, so wow. fingers crossed. Uh, it's <laughs> it's fingers <laughs> interesting crossed.
3: you mentioned Houston because I was thinking of a guy like Tyler Pasher. Yeah, who who I believe is older than Balu,
0: I think he is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think he's twenty six. Yeah.
3: Think
1: for sure. Yeah. That's a good yeah. comparison, and who knows? Who knows what the future holds? As you say, but we wish Balu the best as well. He is a very highly touted Canadian prospect. So one hundred percent. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the future is brighter than what it has been.
2: I've always been high on the guy. I was always high on Anthony Jackson Hill who also uh just recently retired for uh, yeah. for US. So <sighs> yeah. I know, I know, I'm sad. Yeah, I'm sad. never out of fair I, I, shake.
3: And he was one of those he was one of those because uh if there's one thing, uh the Montreal impact now, CF Montreal doesn't produce all that much, or for you know, I'm gonna try and keep it PG, but you know, it doesn't see necessarily as much value as they probably should is strikers.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not a lot of
3: strikers. Uh, if you look at what sure. the, what the Montreal impact Academy produced uh, quite honest, I think goalkeeper is definitely the <laughs> most. Damn, you guys are tearing player. it up.
2: Yeah, My goodness. You were so deep at goalkeeper. It's not funny. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I know, was yeah. going to build on that. You no, know,
0: Yeah. I was just going to build on that just because that, that's a question I wanted to ask was, you know, We've been talking a lot about Canadian national team players, and that's a situation that I think Canadian national team fans should be watching right now just because, you know, with Clément Diop being released, now all of a sudden you've got James Pantamus, Sebastian Brezo who's on loan from Bologna, and then I guess Jonathan Sirois just went back to to Valor. But you've got quite the crop of young Canadian goalkeepers in there, and they're My going God. to get minutes. Um, yeah, what have you made of that youth movement and and how it's worked for Montreal so far this season?
3: I mean, I could add, I could add names to the pile because there's oh, a no. there's a young kid by the name of Vezina that nice. uh, I think his name is Jordan. Hey, Jordan that's Vezina. Fitting. He's yeah. a goalkeeper, and his name is Vezina. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's, gotta be something
1: I, that's not, I don't care about anyone else. That guy's yeah, a yeah. Speaker. He's our number one. Uh, done.
3: Yep. He was invited. <laughs> to, he was invited to camp earlier this year. So you know, and uh, you know, I think it's uh it, it's beautiful to see. Uh, you know, all, all due respect to Clement Ziap who. Uh, is the reason the Impact won the Gaining Championship uh, in 2019. I think if it's not for Clément... It... We don't talk about that game here.
2: Oh, <laughs> no, we can talk, no, we about, talk about, about it. Talk we can oh, talk. really? Listen, no, we I'm surprised. can talk about that. I'm, I'm a bit surprised to hear. But, uh,
3: but yeah, I, you know, I hope he finds something. Uh, if, it's, if not in MLS, somewhere else. Uh, but uh, the the whole of the goalkeeper core in, in Montreal right now is Québécois. I think mm-hmm. that's just beautiful. That is awesome, awesome to see. uh, Pantamis, uh has to improve on his um, ball-playing skills uh, because of the way this team plays. However, once he comes back, well, he has come back from COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. He's still number one for me. Uh, and then you got Brezza, who out of nowhere got a chance to prove himself, which I think is uh what he's been asking for uh he was down in the dumps i mean he was never going to play for bologna uh and now he's in a situation where he very much could be the second keeper in montreal next year i mean it, it's it, it's nothing has been signed yet he's still a bologna player but if you ask me like he might just sign a permanent deal it's not going to cost that much really mm-hmm. and then you got Sirua, mm-hmm. who. Best case scenario, he's back at Valor right now and he's going to play the rest of the season at Valor right now. And today at training camp, uh, today at training, not training camp, at training, yeah. uh, Ryan Yesley, who, if you if that rings a bell, was drafted by Valor at the CPL draft this year and mm-hmm. was playing C- CanChamp for Blainville uh, earlier this week, uh, was at camp. So is this Amazing. a thing where... You, you signed this guy as a third keeper and, uh, and then you just, just for insurance sake. And then Ciroir can have the peace of mind in Winnipeg and hey, he's another Quebecois. So like, I think yeah. I, I like where they're going. I like how they're, you know, you're going to, you're going to have mistakes. You're playing kids. If you play yeah. the kids, you have to assume that there's going to be mistakes. Fine. If you're okay with this, go ahead. And they are, they might, they, they might, uh, I'm not going to say they're not going to lose a playoff spot at the start of the season. I said, if they go, if they go above 10th, I'm good. I, I find that great. And mm. right now they're in a playoff spot. So it's up to them to not blow leads anymore. Uh, not leave points on the table because let me tell you, uh, they've, <laughs> they've lost points and they've kept points off. Um, they've left points on the table. And while I don't like looking at the standings right now, because I think it's too early, if you lose too many points, and right now they're top of the league when it comes to blowing leads and losing points in positions where you lead with 17 points off the table, uh, that makes your... that As I've said that to many people, but it makes for a tougher end of the season... And a tougher push when you have injuries, you have uh suspensions, and you have a trolley of players that are going for international duty. So I don't know. 17 points on the
2: table. I think that's more points than we've accumulated in the season by wins. So <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> five
3: wins and two draws off the table. <laughs> well, yeah, five, we definitely wins. Don't have five
2: wins. Yeah, I, I don't even know what five wins feels like. So uh oh come on, um, you guys
3: won like what? <laughs> Four years ago?
2: Amen, <laughs> hey man. Hey, man. We're, we're sad. What, what are we going to do? <laughs> uh, 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 is it my turn? Yeah, I think it's my turn. So, uh, um, you know, le- I-, I think I'm going to do this one. I-, I remember, I think my favorite impact and impact era troll was uh, you guys calling Michael Bradley Kalu, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Uh, do you have a begrudging TFC troll that we've ever done? that that you just had to sit back and go congratulations guys that one's pretty pretty fantastic and credit to you
3: uh great that's a great question i'm not sure uh i don't know the well the one the one grumble well, there are many if you don't come from toronto there mm. are many gripes that you have with toronto yeah. uh i think uh the 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 thing i i dislike the most or i guess i like the most or whatever is uh what you call the miracle in Montreal? Mm-hmm. There was no miracle. The impact just sucked.
2: <laughs>
3: like there was no miracle. Mm-hmm. There was no miracle. They sucked. Hey, it and roll the off worst the thing we beat a suck team. Like the worst thing is they mm-hmm. sucked in front of Vancouver, mm-hmm. and that I think is just you know it's first <laughs> yeah. off it's incredibly Vancouver it's incredibly Whitecaps to just yeah. like get disappointed. Uh, when you're not even, you know, you're not even playing and you're disappointed. It's, but, uh, yeah, that's the one thing I was like, okay, fair enough. It's a very Toronto thing to call it the miracle and miracle in Montreal, but there were, there was no miracle in the miracle. I mean,
2: alliteration, man, I'm always going to M plus M. It just rolls off the tongue. You know what I mean? (laughs) So so yeah, yeah. I, but I well played, America. well played. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. I mean, we didn't play very well, according to you. We we just showed up, and you guys suck so bad. So, oh, it was horrible. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, it must have been. It was uh, great. Um, yeah. It bad. <laughs> that was great. I remember uh,
3: being incredibly disappointed with this game. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Tristan, let me let me sort of wrap this all up, and let's let's look ahead to uh, Friday's match, uh, MLS rivalry match. Do you have any reservations now about playing Toronto FC? They're, they're bottom of the table. They, we know what their record is. Is there still something in you guys, or at least in, do you think in, in CF Montreal, where they head into this match with, I don't know, some sort of weight on their shoulder, You know, knowing that they're playing TFC? Does TFC still instill any sort of fear into CF Montreal?
3: I'm going to flip your answer. I've never felt any reservation with Montreal playing Toronto, especially when they were good. Mm-hmm. Especially when they were good. Because that's, where, that's when you know that there could be a win. Right? Uh, I do have it now. Because mm-hmm. Toronto's not good. Mm-hmm. Toronto's not good and Montreal has been blowing leads game after game after game. Wow. Now... I, I mean, uh, they won't have Altador. That, I think, changes a lot. Because uh, Josie, Josie knows how to play Montreal. As You could say whatever you want, guys. Yep, you're Josie right. knows how to play that's Montreal. A fact. He, comes um, out for, he
2: comes out for impact games, absolutely. Sorry, CF Montreal out. games. Yeah.
3: He, well, I mean, they've never played CF Montreal, haven't they? Have
2: we not ever played? No, we played earlier this season. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. My bad, my bad. My bad. No. my back I remember but, I remember lots of Twitter jokes about well you know this is an impact stats right but just,
3: here's a game yeah. where uh, this could change a lot of things. Uh, Toronto's coming in uh, you know depleted. they have a, one of their worst seasons since Toronto was bad um, and Montreal, you know for some reason, the, the defense hasn't been as good as uh as uh, as it once was uh offensively it's not great because mason toy is out for probably the rest of the season oh, ramel man. ramel probably has like 20 minutes in him before going to honduras um, right and uh, quite frankly i don't know who's going to be starting in nets so this could hmm. be a winnable game for toronto
2: you love to hear it,
1: but we just faced Atlanta and we just faced Inter Miami. We <laughs> thought those were winnable games too. Yeah, just game. are,
2: you never else lost games. to Inter Miami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty. That was a huh. wild game. That was that was that was a hell of a game. That's fair. Yeah. Well,
0: the <laughs> comments are saying this is too much positive Montreal talk for, for one <laughs> <thing>, one. <so. laughs>
3: I'm surprised. Yeah, you guys, where, the guys. Where's the where's the punches? Where I was expecting. Uh, that. <laughs>
2: Montreal Montreal's too good a city, and 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 when you guys are good, it makes for better games. I, I, I we don't you know, have any I, ground to
1: stand on either. Yeah, that, there's, that there's not much ground. I, I, there, there's, there's
2: sports hate and there's and there's real hate, and and this is firmly in the sports hate category. So uh, you know, plus. Plus, it's it's nice to see uh, to see you know just as long as you don't. I don't think you're going to beat us three nothing in the first round and take us out of the playoffs and uh, with you know off the back of a Didier Drogba brace. So, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not too worried. But uh, yeah, you know
3: okay. there, there was- no there yeah there's no uh, there's no Drogba anymore. There's no. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's super cliche to, to, to think, oh, who, uh, you know, let's get a goal score and it'll solve all our problems. Um, but right now, God, would it be nice to have a Drogba <laughs> to come, to, especially with a player like Georgia Mihailovic. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like you yeah, could yeah. feed a guy like Drogba like this. And like, th- that's the one thing that's missing to, for this club right now. I mean, ramal Kyoto, uh. Frankly, I had no idea he was going to be that good last year. Uh, yeah, he I, was pretty fantastic. I, yeah, and I think you know, you know, we could talk about the things that are not in the sport. But I think the pandemic helped him a lot uh, yeah. to just focus on soccer and not about other things that aren't going well in, in his life. Uh, and you know, he found himself. He he found himself as a player. I think uh, you know, playing striker. And I think one thing that was missing for this club is is tremendously is 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 Romel being injured striker uh and then uh, mason toy being injured i think is just really bad because Bjorn jansen who was supposed to be the guy scoring goals was this six foot four giant and honestly guys for a guy that's six four this guy knows how to be invisible (laughs) <laughs> like it's just i i mean it's it's a big big game for Bjorn on uh, yeah. on friday it's gonna be a big game so uh yeah. if, if he manages to score this could change uh this could change his season again playing toronto playing the rival could change Everybody a lot but he comes out
2: yep absolutely yeah. absolutely, absolutely. looking big forward one. to big it big one
0: big one yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Tristan. It's been great. This was a pleasure,
2: Tristan. Anytime hey. you want to come back and gab us stuff, about the rivalry, man, we're, we're happy to have you. So.
3: Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Uh, it's been a sure, pleasure. Good
2: man. luck this weekend. <laughs> thank may the, you. Thank may you. the best team win, which is probably them. <laughs>
1: what a great guest, eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's my colleague, boys. That's my colleague. Nice. Nice. <laughs> My Quarterback,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. Mm. Let's 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 talk about Toronto FC. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Winless in six, winless in the six. Um, so okay. far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. <laughs> okay. That's bars, bitch.
2: Yeah. I guess Speaking we'll start truths. with you,
0: Mike. After you know two losses against teams that are below <laughs> the playoff line in one week. Is, is it over? And if it is, where does the conversation go from here?
2: So on the one hand, I what does that say? Season is over. It's a note that <laughs> for like, for like three tunnel clubs. Just, like, just dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, Mitch. I
1: mean, <sighs> I, I guess so at this point, man, like mm. there's, so far out of a playoff spot at this point. We have three wins in the entire season. And I go back to a comment Bill Manning made at, when he was firing Chris Armas at the Chris Armas press conference. And it was that it's not in the f- fact that they're losing games, it's in the fashion that they're losing games now. And I think against Atlanta United, that that team looked like they lacked so much urgency. It was like mm-hmm. the fact that they were not playing with their season on the line. Like at, it's the fashion again, the way that they were losing that match. It was a one nil match. And at times I felt it was like three nil because TFC looked defeated. They looked frustrated and there were still like 30 minutes left in the match. Like it, and they just brought on some of their best players. So mm-hmm. that was Atlanta. And then inner Miami. I mean, I don't think we really need to dive into exactly what the heck that was. Omar Gonzalez after the yeah, there game. Was a lot of diving in from the back line. Yeah, Yeah, you can say that. Omar Gonzalez after the game, you know, he was, it's gotten to the point where like, Omar Gonzalez is, is essentially calling out the rest of his teammates, being like, you know, some of us were not up for that game. You know, we need to take a hard look in the mirror ourselves. Sure and then do. him saying that he was out there dying for the team and he was out there dying. Like, well, he was out no, there a, dying.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's out there dying. Yeah, but that, yeah.
1: there's clearly that separation in, in, the, in the dressing room where you know, some players are now pointing fingers at each other. And I think that's that's come onto the pitch as well. I think we're seeing that far too often. It's just far too disconnected. And Mitch, I'll go back to a statement that you made kind of way back, a couple episodes back, where you said, and it was bang on, you can you can make a really good roster but that doesn't necessarily make you a good team and i think that's the perfect way to sort of sum up what this toronto fc team is and i'll i'll use not to pick on him but i'll use kamar lawrence as an example kamar lawrence is brought into this team what in in april or may Hmm. while chris armis was still around we knew the identity that Chris Armas wanted to instill in this Toronto FC team. They wanted to be a more vertical team. They wanted to, you know, play off the counter press. They really wanted to, you know, bring energy, inject energy, and make make the games hard to play. And TFC really capitalized quickly. Kamar Lawrence isn't a player that can play in tight areas. He's not good at keeping possession. And now that Javier Perez is in that's who they're stuck with there at left back is someone mm-hmm. who who likes to play vertical someone who you know this guy a very good player 2018 MLS best 11 played it played overseas in Belgium most recently he's mm-hmm. still what 29 30 years old like he's still in his should be his prime but he looks like a player that's just completely disconnected from the rest of the squad and if you go through really TFC's 11 that's really what the narrative is right now. I mean, well, going back and again, not to harp on the beginning of the season too much, but thinking back to the beginning of the season, they, they're trying to play a high line, trying to press, you know, get a get on people's uh, backs, not give them much space, but then you have someone like Omar Gonzalez, who's trying to defend counterattacks. It's just, there's so many disconnects right now on this team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone's quick to point out, yeah, you know, the issue is the fact that we can't score. Well, I mean, there's also a burden of injuries up front that people like Pozuelo, Soteldo, even Osorio at times are working with, right? They're mm-hmm. they're They're working. They're trying to play off Patrick Mullins, who... Stop it. Stop it. I'm sorry, Jeff, but he doesn't have an MLS goal this season. He's a striker. He doesn't have a goal this season. And if your option, if like, I'm just... I'm not like, not to defend Soteldo too much, but if your option is either laying the ball off to Patrick Mullins or trying to do everything yourself. I mean, more times than not, like at this point, you're going to try and do everything yourself because you're just frustrated. And I think Pozuelo is more times than not, he's, he's looking for Soteldo, right? It's because there's a, there's a lack of connection overall in this TFC roster and that's shining through quite evidently as Thundercats saying in, in, in the chat, they're mentally finished. And that's what it seems like. There's no camaraderie in this team. Exactly. And where mm-hmm. do they go from here? Well, Jeff, I mean, it's what you've been screaming for my guy. It
2: It's now let's see what we have moving forward. We have to, we absolutely yeah. have to, we can't, we cannot keep harping on the potential of the Jekyll Marshall Ruddies of the Jaden Nelsons of the noble Akello's. I mean, uh, Ralph Preso, is maybe the best player this academy's produced, uh, and uh, you know he's done for the season. So it's time to it's time to put a rating, a, a letter grade on these guys. And if they aren't ready for prime time, then we move them um, because it does us. I mean, we've already spilled all the ink we're ever going to spill on Manchester United's looking at Shaquille Marshall Ruddy. I mean, are they going to take him or are we stuck with him? We need to figure out what what this is all about. Um, but I want to circle back because here's my, here's my feeling. I'm not a professional athlete, obviously. But we are in a situation where we have a bunch of elite professional athletes that are looking at the twilights of their careers. And that can't be easy mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you stack that against, uh, when you add that with the pressures of COVID and all of this stuff, and then this, sh- this absolutely garbage season. I mean, what do we expect? Um, I think the front office is trying to do whatever they can, giving, giving Javi about as much responsibility as they can without naming him the new head coach. So he has a bit more gravitas in that locker room, but you know, he, he's not a mind reader and it's not group therapy. You've got a lot of body proud, uh, 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 you know, heavens to Betsy, a professional athlete is a very myopic view, right? It's like get maximize my, potential until i hit that brick wall of age right nobody wants to stop nobody wants to stop playing soccer their bodies just can't do it anymore and you're and and so many of our roster right now unfortunately father time bit our roster all at the exact same time and uh they're dealing with it and and you're seeing it manifest on the pitch you're seeing it manifest in the results you're seeing it manifest in their body language um what do we do (sighs) uh I mean look I there are so many people that are like we knew this was coming we knew this was coming and we had an inkling it was coming but you I mean no, hindsight is always 2020 20, and nobody mm-hmm. predicted that everybody would get old at the exact same time nobody predicted that uh, there would be a global pandemic that would contribute to the on we at the club um you know nobody predicted uh, th- there would be such a disconnect with 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 our number 10 from Santos. Nobody predicted that Laws well, would be playing 20% of the games of, of this season. Jeff, right? here's, like, here's one mm-hmm. thing that a lot of people did predict, and I think
1: we predicted this as well, is TFC's lack of depth at center back. That was never addressed this season. Mm-hmm. I think that was something that we talked about quite often. I think it's something the fan base has talked about quite often. It's really even dating back to last season, but nothing was really done to address that. And I'll go to a question that Javier Perez was asked at this press conference after the last game. Can you legitimately compete with the center back group that you've got right now? Great question by Michael Leach. And his answer, which is very telling, it was, when we're all on the team, I think we can. So essentially what that says Unless Chris Mavinga is on the pitch, TFC cannot compete at center back. Right. Right? And that's something we've been screaming. This team does... Omar Gonzalez is no longer a number one center back, which he's made out to be. He's
2: dropped off the cliff
1: since 2019. 2019 was his
2: his last... I mean, Omar
1: mm-hmm. and Chris, they both of them together, they can get by. I mean, they have good chemistry. Omar Gonzalez does have good games now and then, but he has been exposed far
2: too often this season. Far too often. But behind them? That death is a joke. A converted midfielder who's, who's beat, not ready for prime time, and Luke's saying. Uh, Zavs, who despite his great contract is good for at least one uh, Camacho brain fart a game like Zab uh, should
1: be a fourth center back option. Like they're missing quite clearly. MLB. They're missing that
2: third center back. He, uh, and, and we hear it all the time. What about Rocco Romeo? What about Julian Dunn? People have watched these guys in training and they're not getting minutes. So that should be the only answer that you need. I mean, we can take issue with who's watching him training, but the fact that they're not getting minutes and we have this need for center backs is pretty solid. Uh, uh, vouch that they're not they're not good enough.
1: What I will you say know? is, like Julian Dunn's been dealing with a lot of injuries this season, so I think it's unfair to say that about Julian Dunn, uh, mm-hmm. Rocco Romeo, and, and clearly he's needed some time. Uh, you know, on loan somewhere, he needed to get minutes that wasn't MLS. I don't think he was ready for that. I've been saying that for quite some time right now. Mm-hmm. And Luke Singh, who's been you know touted as better than both those guys. We saw what happened to Luke saying when he's Yikes. he's put into a situation Yikes. like he's put in, and that's part yeah. of the problem. Though Jeff, mm-hmm. is you look at the performances of Luke saying, even Noble Okello, uh, most recently against Inter Miami, you put those guys in that type of environment, that's going to do more harm than good for them. Like this team right now is so dysfunctional. You throw a couple youngsters into that mix, there goes their confidence. It's not always yeah. positive that comes out of playing the young guns. You got to play them in the right environment. Something Javier Perez has talked about. So Kristen we got to be cautious when we say that.
2: Well, Kristen said the same thing. Kristen Knowles, uh, guest host on the uh, on the Tunnel Club, and and my counter is this: When when is there like we're we're looking for a perfect time to play these guys? If they want to be professional soccer players, they need to be able to play in adverse situations as much as positive situations. I hear what you're saying. I hear. I 100 hear what you're saying. But we are one right now we have two reasons to play them. One, we don't have anybody else and two we need to see what they're all about. So I mean, when when is it you know, I, I would say putting, I would say putting them on when we're up five mil isn't perfect either because they're not really getting game experience. They're sort of pylons out there just protecting the lead. So well, yeah. well, I agree with you. Well, I agree with you that you know, you want to coddle these guys time time doesn't stop so if they're not getting minutes and they're and they're marinating in their own juices on the bench or in the academy or for tfc2 how are you know at the end of the like we may be damaging them just the same right you know i by not playing them so play them you know what i mean i I I hear you jeff i hear you
0: yeah i think for me like the I guess the overarching goal for the for the second half of the season now or whatever is remaining just has to be Well plenty. how many games
2: are remaining? Thirteen games? Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yeah.
0: Okay. It has to be just finding an identity again. Like we know Chris Armis That's tried good. to tried to build one at the start of the season. It obviously didn't work out with the players he had or, or anything like that. But this team's been lacking any sort of identity, it would be that tactical or structural, or even just, you know, the, the confidence they have when they bring on the pitch and see so you pick something even be it tactical or or something you think will work with this group and, and you stick to it and you see who works in that system. You try different options, that sort of thing. I I think that's what you have to do instead of, you know, they've been in win now mode, which obviously was, was what have should have done starting his uh, starting his reign because there was still time. And at that point there, there was still opportunity to, to get something out of it. But now that it looks like they're done, I mean, yeah, just, just try support. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. just see what you can get out and build towards next season now because you know, again, you still have thirteen MLS games. Why waste those when you have an opportunity to really see what you have in this group?
2: Here's my here's my question, Mitch. Do we do that? Does that make sense with Javi in an interim role that probably won't carry over into next season to try and find an identity? Because it it well, that's, leaves that's with another him.
1: good question, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Is does Javier Perez now? potentially still have this job next season or are we having real it. conversations about who's next?
2: I doubt it. Yeah. I I'd mean, be surprised as well. I'd be surprised. Yeah. There's, there, we need, we need, you need to, I mean, because, you know, talking about spoiling players, we're spoiling this intern manager right now, right? Like he is basically a placeholder. We've given him about as much responsibility in the locker room as we can without giving him the job officially. We're not going to do that. Because, like Will Dunn said, so far up on on the chat, you know, and it's not it's it's a lot of people saying this, not just us. These players should be playing for their jobs right now. Um, there's a lot of flotsam that we need to clear out in terms of bad contracts, in terms of the roster. Um, you know, let's put it this way: uh, I don't think Josie's back next year. And how do you find an identity when you're platooning your number nine position? Do you know what I mean? Can you? I don't think that's even possible. So what, you, you know, realistically, what is the goal? It's not winning games. It's not making a push to the playoffs. Um, you know, as much as fans are going to protest, uh, it, it it has to be, oh, I don't even know anymore, guys. I don't even know it. because Because if you're playing young kids with no identity, then Mike's absolutely right. You're putting them out there to fail. You're not putting them in a position to succeed. You know they have no structure to play off of. The the, you're going to frustrate our DPS. You're going to frustrate our young guns. It's going to be disjointed mess out there uh, with a coach that has no responsibility and no real power to fix it. Right. So what what do we do? Do we forfeit the rest of the season and then like Jeff? I know
1: you're you're going in circles right now, but that's literally the case that is on OFC. Is that there's no one answer to this? You know, fix all solution. Um, Here's, again, the biggest issues for me right now, just quickly on this TFC roster, I'll, I said the same thing last week, is the fact designated player number nine is not a designated player number nine. We can get into that more shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Center back, Omar Gonzalez is no longer that, that number one, one center guy, back. Yeah. He's getting paid like a number one center back, so that's why I keep referring to him as a number one center back. So he's no longer that guy. Mm-hmm. And then that right winger spot still a question mark for me. So those three and, areas right now yeah. are, are probably the biggest areas of concern for TFC. Um, I don't know if you guys want to throw anything else into that mix.
2: My, my area of concern is this. Um, if we buy out Joe's in the offseason, that's our buyout. Welcome back, Erickson Gallardo. We're not solving that right winger problem anytime soon.
0: That's, I think that's a less of a concern. Like, yeah, he doesn't he's take up that much he's of the still 300k off, our budget.
2: He's still plus that off much. our budget. He's still 300 plus. No, it's not yeah. millions. Well, actually, it, it's not that much less than Josmer. I mean, DP's what take what 550,000 yeah, off the, your off but your the, tap spot alone,
0: then, the spot alone is, is more significant than anything that Ericsson Gairdo takes up, right?
2: But then we can't, we're not buying out Omar. We're not buying out Omar's contract, might be up at the end of the season. Might be, might be. I'm just saying, you know, we if we blow our our buyout on Josie, that doesn't eliminate a whole bunch of crappy uh, contracts that are on the books, right? So that's my worry. Is that is that even if we wanted to tear it all down, we can't because of because of the draconian MLS roster rules. We can't. Uh, And we're still going to be. There are ways. There are there are ways. Yeah, I mean, if uh, we're completely like yeah handcuffed right now
1: like you're making it up. to be no, like that's not no, the case no, no. at all
2: no there's, but it is a concern of mine that that by by playing perhaps to,
1: yeah and there's no way that either of us can sit here and say confidently say this is the case or this isn't the case because of the no, lack of no, transparency in mls absolutely right absolutely not so no. and we're, we're arguing hypotheticals there but the reality is i think we can all agree that tfc do need to make some big changes this offseason and mitch you want to you want to tee us up for for some josie Altador, ralph briso talk
0: Sounds good. What I mean, what a great trailer this has been for the rest of TFC season. But um, <laughs> join <laughs> us, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't get any better. Double injury announcement this week Ralph Preso out for the season with a right ankle injury. Uh, initially, it didn't sound too bad based on what the club was saying, but clearly, you know, had to undergo surgery. Joins Iowa Akinola on the season ending injury list. Obviously, a frustrating way to to pick up that injury as well. Unbelievable with a play that was clearly offside. But um, yeah, I mean, we talked about players that we were hoping to get run out in the second year, and Ralph was probably the top of that list. So that's really unfortunate. And then obviously um, the other injury news, which is designated player Josie Altador, has undergone successful surgery on his right leg. Another on his list of frustrating setbacks for Toronto FC. And I mean, we've asked this a bunch of times, but is it the end for Josie? I mean, obviously, you know, like Jeff said earlier, the the athlete mindset is different, but we've had this many injuries and this many setbacks. Like it's got to get tough at some point to, to even want to, to return to the field, unfortunately. And, You know, uh, certainly if you're Toronto FC, I'm glad, I'm still glad he came back. And, you know, the ending, we still have that moment at BMO Field where he scored that header and and that was an incredible, incredible moment. And it's obviously way better of an ending than him being exiled from the club for, for a coach that, you know, obviously didn't work out anyway. Yep. But I think at this point, you know, you have to find a way to move him because there's, you know... It's just, it's over. It's, it's over at this point. It really sucks, but it's
2: over. It sucks. Um, you know, time, time wins, time wins. 100%. Time will always Mm -hmm. beat you. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't fault his attitude. I have no idea what that feels like, you know, to go, how long is he, how long has football been his life since before puberty? I mean, can you imagine? He was a Red Bull player. Exactly. You know, he is not the person that is going to say it's over. He is, you know, he's going to play until his legs break on the pitch. The problem is, is it can't be for us. Um, not anymore. And uh, I don't fault him for wanting to get paid. We, we gave him that deal. He deserves that money. Uh, we didn't have to offer him that deal. We did. I would have done it 10 times out of 10. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I still would have done it if it had been my, my decision. Um, pay the man. Thank him for his service. Get him off the books. Uh uh, you know, it is what it is. But we are not in a position to to wait on Josie Altador to play so his, his... Let, me, let me put it this way.
1: Can TFC compete next season with Josie Altador as a designated player on, on this roster?
2: No, we can't. Unless he unless unless there, he builds a time machine uh or goes bionic or clones himself with new hamstrings, right? Like the I mean, unfortunately we have a certain measure of history here to, to, to go against. And, and it's not a good... It was, it was a risky bet in 2019. It's an asininely insane bet in 2021.
1: And we can't cool. make that. So, so let's paint out the scenarios for, for people. Mm-hmm. So essentially, A, Josie Altenberg comes back as a de- designated player for TFC next season, which would be um, probably not ideal. Next, another option is, you know, if there's a club out there that, you know, is attracted by the name Josie Altador. You never know what his ambitions are. Mm-hmm. TFC somehow find a way to move Josie Altador, get them, get him off his books. The third option, and as you pointed out earlier on the show, Jeff, there's teams are permitted one buyout in the off season, including a designated player. That if you buy a player out, it does not ca- count against your salary budget. Is MLSC then willing? To bite the bullet on the remaining three point five, let's say million dollars on Josie's contract, it could be backloaded or front loaded. So maybe it's like two point five million dollars on Josie Alter's contract. Invest more money into this club during, or at least coming off the heels of a pandemic, and then in turn spending more money to buy their designated player. That's essentially be. that's essentially the options that that we're looking at. I mean. They have they've, they've could be the highest spending team in Major League Soccer this year during a pandemic. So, I mean, yeah, you say they better be. I mean, at a certain point, like, if you're throwing money into a product that has no,
2: I don't know. Oh, no- I do not want to talk about the elephant in the room. But if we are accusing the team of throwing money at Shiny Shiny, they've thrown $25 million over four years at Shiny Shiny. So they can't now come back and say, well, three million to get rid of this albatross around our neck is, is just a bridge too far, right? They they it's went not just the three
1: million, it's just you know, you got to invest that further into another designated player as well, then, right? Yeah, so it's like yeah, double absolutely. the investment at least.
2: I mean, that's not the including way that transfer crumbles fee. If you want it, we're not sitting at the kids' table here, right? Like, you know, they, yeah, I mean, at, again,
1: at it's end- not up to us. Yes, that's, that's what we want, mm-hmm. uh, of course. Like no one's no one's debating. That's definitely what we want. But at the end of the day, like this is a business. You know, MLS clubs are a business and TFC, I don't know, man. Like it's up to MLSC and their board. Maybe they just maybe they just say, Okay, you're stuck with Josie Altador. Like you guys have a well they've been, they've been that the fan sort base of... loves. And maybe that's what you just gotta you gotta roll with and find a way. Maybe that's that's they play hardball. Who knows?
2: I think they've been. I think they've been roundabout doing that for two years, and I think that at this point, nobody can say that with a straight face. Uh, he's a marketable player, maybe. Uh, the fans love him. Uh, certainly, he's
1: definitely a marketable player. Like in Toronto, at least. Like as you said, the fan base loves him. That I mean, you're he can tweet out a smiley face and he'll get a bunch of interactions from it. You know what I mean? And when you go to Beagle yeah. Field, which which player gets the of salvation? It's Josie Altador because the fan base loves him. So I mean, in in a way, yes, he's absolutely a marketable player. So maybe MLSC again plays hardball again. Not what we mm-hmm. want, Jeff. I, I agree with you. That's not yeah. ideal. But maybe that's just the way MLS is thinking from a business perspective. Who knows?
2: Well, Who then knows? it's going to be a fun a fun second year of doing this uh, doing this weekly show, guys. We're going to have to come <laughs> up with like uh, with songs <laughs> to sing and and stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, well,
0: we we all know that uh, unfortunately the Raptors and, and Leafs haven't been like the license to print money that they've been in the past anyway because of this pandemic. So we know MLSE as much as they can are hurting a little bit. So that'll definitely be an interesting interesting situation to watch certainly going forward um, as you know they decide what to do with like we said a, a legend for the club and obviously speaking of legends for the club, there's another one who's a free agent right now. Um, Sebastian Javinko, it was announced this past week, Al-Hilal have released him, or I guess uh, he's leaving. Mutual, mutual, mutual termination. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, of course, been plenty of rumors from Seba coming back to MLS, linking him to Greg Vanny and LA Galaxy, more recently linking him to Tim Bezbachenko and the Columbus crew. I mean, look, this makes no sense roster-wise, salary (laughs) cap-wise, maybe even team-wise. Bring him back. I don't care. Yeah, bring yeah, him back.
2: Bring him back. Bring him back. We wheel him right out for two free kicks. Retires as a red. We're happy. I mean, yeah, yeah Like unveil the statue at the same time as you unveil Saba, and he can like stand next to a statue like Cristiano Ronaldo did. Hopefully, it's better it, than than his it, statue. But it could uh,
1: be a good way. I mean, if anything, it's just a pure move, right? It could yeah. be a good way you know ease off what what this
2: I mean it's terrible a terrible segue in. because we're like is MLS going to buy out this this like hulking injured striker <laughs> no, no they're going to play hardball but they are going to get back at the top of the allocation order and trade, pay, up. trade up and bring back a guy that can maybe not walk anymore that just got bought out of his club and give him you know a couple million dollars basically so it's funny how quickly the pendulum shifts i think you know, if MLSE is even entertaining the idea of, of trotting out Seba for a victory lap, then we won't see Josie next year. That, I mean, that, you know, I, it, it, it just, it all, they can't do the both at the same time. Um, I mean, we're not, th- but that's the thing. Build a winning team with, with an interim coach. We're in limbo right now, uh, in a way that we haven't been since the bad years. We're in, we're in TFC limbo right now. We do not have a coach in a position to build a team. He's not that guy. He's not there to build a team. He's there to work with these pieces and at one point make a playoff push. That's over now. Um, you know, right now we're just waiting. We're basically waiting until we get to go play golf. So, uh, you know.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, usually we're maybe more logical than this on the show, and again, logically, it doesn't make any sense. But I no want a reason sense to watch the last 13 games of the season. <laughs> Sebastian mm-hmm. Javinko would be a reason. To watch those last <laughs> I mean, I'm going <laughs> to be there. I, I, I found here's, out there's
2: a cider bar in section 117 that I'm desperate to try. They give you your cider, and they'll give you here's glass one thing. With some ice in it. Boom! That's two <laughs> games at least that they have bought, where where the cider is going to be the thing. And it doesn't even matter what's happening on the pitch i'll be like this cider is amazing and you know alicia my wife will be like well you know we could have gone anywhere else and gotten it for a third of the price and i'll be like cider but uh you know it is what it is anyway you probably had smarter things to say than i just did so somebody please uh please start talking
1: it's okay yeah let's move on mitch let's let's mm-hmm. kind of wrap this up kind of quickly i do have to run at 130 so Let's
2: try and get through some well, of our well, last stuff. I don't think we're going to get to one thirty, but my building didn't start shaking. So, oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah no yeah. construction. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, well, yeah. There is at least
0: one Toronto FC game that I am looking forward to for the rest of the year, and that is their first ever meeting with York United, which is now confirmed in the Canadian Championship quarterfinals. That'll be played on September twenty second uh, at BMO Field. You know, obviously, the first two times these clubs have met and. York coming in hot, 5-0 win over the League One Ontario Champions Masters. Um, yeah, I, again, this is going to be an exciting game. And, you know, like Jeff Maybe said last you. week, obviously Toronto FC, the, the favorites going into this, but there's never been a better time, I don't think, to to pick off Toronto FC. And York has a lot of players with a lot to prove to Toronto FC based on, you know, being overlooked yep. um, in the past and, they in general have a lot of solid talent so it's going to be a it's going to be a fun match.
1: What percentage do you guys give York of beating TFC?
2: Still like 20. You think? I would yeah. go I I would go
0: 30-70. Okay. Uh, I I think that's yeah, I don't know. I think that's a little high. I I think there's other there's other clubs within CanPL that I would give if it's like Pacific or even Cavalry, like I give them a, a better chance. I don't think York's even a particularly solid Canadian Premier League side, but nah. yeah, Thanks. it it depends what who Toronto FC plays as well in that in that game.
1: I give it Fair like enough. a five percent chance, man. Mm. Yeah, and like you said, it depends on on who TFC plays in that match. Um, I just think the the caliber is there's a big. Bridge big gap between the Canadian Premier League and and Major League Soccer. Um, again, let's see who TFC rolls out for that match, and that's an interesting question as well. Like, how seriously yeah. are TFC going to take this one? Right? They is is better this a take time it to seriously?
2: I mean, that's the only thing we've got I mean, left in this season. You could so. take,
1: you could accomplish both, right? You could, if you, you're confident in your, uh, you know, that 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 gap is is really significant, then you know, you could roll out a, a combination of youngsters and you know, mix in a few veterans here and there. Um, of course, they have to hit that threshold, right, of, of minimum Canadian players in the match. What's the, Is it yeah, three still?
0: Three. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, Richie are, like, general starters, and then someone else has to factor in, at least. Yeah, I minimum. mean,
1: like a Jacob Schaffelberg, Noble Kelly. I, I mean, they like have to say the same thing, Schaff, Schaff all the way. Schaff's been that, that Canadian championship guy, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Luke yep. Singh could also potentially play, play a factor in that match. Like, who knows? Who knows the way that TFC do line up? I mean, Again, it's it's a good opportunity to, to get a look. I think that game's a great opportunity to get a look at, at the youngsters. And perhaps from that game, you know, they go on and they, they continue to roll out the youngsters. But um yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't see York beating beating TFC, maybe maybe I'll be wrong, but I, I, I just,
2: highly I just, highly doubt it. I just flashed to York, holding themselves aloft and having sellies at the end of the and <laughs> our on our field. So yeah,
0: yeah, um, that no. would be a that would be a low point of the season, certainly for Toronto obviously. no offense, obviously to to York, but like like Jeff said, I mean, we talked last week about this for the for the Forge whenever they play the 2020 Championship game and and how you know that might not be the best Toronto FC side but I'm with Jeff on this one like you're out of the playoffs at this point this is one thing you can have to to build on this season is winning a Canadian championship setting yourself up with a CONCACAF berth for next season absolutely this should be what you're playing for at this point Help so D roll out your too. best
1: 11 there Mitch
0: against uh, York uh, again I, th- I do think you make some allowances to add a couple of Canadian players, but I won't, you know, I'd put Pozuelo on the field. I think Soteldo's on the field as many of those top guys as you can. And then, sure, mix in a couple young Canadians. But you, I, again, this is the most important game I think they're going to play at this point for the rest of the season. So, I mean, it would have
2: a knock on effect on recruitment. I mean, the, you know, it's not UEFA Champions League, but it is CONCACAF. So, considering, you know, that we are going to have to sign some players, uh, I do think, uh, it matters in, in a, in a big way.
1: I'd and be Seba surprised if, if his, both uh, of those guys start that game.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd be surprised if both hotel and, and Pazuelo start that game against York. Maybe, you know, the, those are guys who come off the bench. I just, again, I think that, that drop off is a bit too big and like they have the ability to, to roll out some, some young guys with some, uh you know, an opportunity to really take advantage and, and get them some some you know meaningful minutes against uh, a team that's like you said is centering this game confident. And, you know, if they make up ground in, in the Canadian Premier League as well, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Sorry, we lost you for a second, buddy.
0: Yeah. I thought the construction had started, but no, we're we're still going. No, no slow. I, yeah. I, I
2: zigged when I should have zagged. I put my finger on the wrong button. That was all, <laughs> awesome.
0: all. good. Yeah. Well, quickly before we we end, I'm just I just wanna. Wrap up, give you a quick Canadian championship roundup of, of what's been going on um, this past week. Halifax, as we've alluded to a lot of these during the show, but Halifax beating Glanville 2-1 to advance. Mm. Valor, they beat Atletico Ottawa 3-2 with a goal from one of the young stars we've been talking about, Sean Rea. Um, also, Austin Ricci has been great this season, a brace for, for Valor. Uh, All eyes, of course, now on the Thursday meeting between Pacific and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Pacific offering to exchange any Whitecaps gear. Oh, that was so cold! I love it. Charge, but but there's uh,
2: no stipulations. Like, can people bring like uh, like uh, um, you know? Let's put it this way: Can people bring like a pretty well loved, you know, 2011 Whitecaps uh, replica (laughs) kit? and exchange yeah. it for like a brand new pacific authentic kit because these are questions that the kit nerds need to know, you know? yeah there that, was, been, that was there that should have been the big fine print. for me was yeah
0: the, <laughs> they what are the what's the you know yeah does it on have on to be
2: brand new brand new in a bag like do you have to buy <laughs> a, a caps kit and then get, to get a new caps kit <laughs> these
1: are the important questions man yeah, yeah, yeah. this
2: is the stuff that i want answered i'm gonna woodward and bernstein it i'll find out for next week guys <laughs>
0: Perfect. Well, anyway, the the winner of that game will of course play against Cavalry, which could potentially be a rematch of the Whitecaps Cavalry match that was the I think the high point of the the 2019 championship It was uh, or Canadian championship. So, um, as previously mentioned, now just to just to get us to where we are now in the quarterfinals, FC will play York Forge. Will meet Valor HFX. Will take on CF Montréal, and of course, um, potentially that Cavalry Whitecaps or Cavalry Pacific matchup just quickly guys which of those ones are you looking forward to which uh what do you want to see in those quarterfinals start with you mike
1: well i mean we talked about tfc york which is probably the one i'm looking forward to the most and then as you mentioned there like it's gotta be it's gotta be cavalry and potentially the vancouver Whitecaps if they can get by pacific i mean Mm -hmm. it makes for such an interesting affair vancouver's actually playing pretty well right now in major league soccer
2: it and sure they're a are. team
1: that that's informed. So if they can keep that going until you know the end of September there, and then you know we we know how good Cavalry is, those will be two of you know the premier sides in Canada going head to head, and that should make for the interesting affair. So that's probably my my matchup to watch. How about you, Jeff?
2: I actually think uh, Pacific might beat the Caps. If we're it's being possible. Honest. It's yeah. Um, it's, it's I think stressful. I think Pacific
1: for a great one. <laughs>
2: yeah i think i think pacific are in better form than cavalry i i don't know if 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 uh if they have a better roster i don't think they do cabs are very very deep and defensively they're scary um but uh but pacific are a hell of a side and and you know on 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 any day i think they can they can beat the caps the caps are playing well but they haven't gelled yet um which is a symptom of of mds squads um there is a bit of a runway to this, so if they if they can find that kind of unity, I don't think Pacific. I don't think. I mean, again, there is such a such a such a, le- a difference in level, um, but I wouldn't. I mean, I'm I'm excited for that Pacific Caps game. Absolutely, I'm not yeah. excited for the York TFC game. <laughs> unlike you guys, fair enough. Not yeah. at all.
0: New white cap, yeah. Ryan Gold, by the way. What a player. Our oh, own uh, Waking Red's own Ryan Lindsay has been trying to to find out a way if he can marry this guy so that he can be eligible for Canada. <laughs> get, him, get him his
2: green card. Yeah, he was actually, like, properly asking. I think he called his MP or something. But uh, yeah, Because, yeah.
0: as Ryan said, if FIFA believes in anything, it's love, which was a great lie <laughs> <laughs> from him. We're trying to make yep. this guy eligible for Canada, but certainly mm-hmm. a player you should be watching if, you know, obviously you're looking for some other, uh, some other MLS action to catch up on, but any other MLS action, there. yeah. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Any and all other MLS action. <laughs> let's, let's let's end the show there. Um, obviously great to hear from Tristan Demo about, uh, yeah. CF Montreal and, and all the great things they're doing ahead of this week's clash. Thanks to Kevin, Sophia and Edwin for all the, the work they do making the show possible and congrats on them to the move over to, to the parlay, which of course, uh, make plenty of good content you can see some Mm -hmm. familiar faces over there as well potentially um and uh thank you uh all so much for for listening and interacting always means the world to us um i'm michael singh and jeffrey p nesker i'm mitchell tierney till next tuesday
2: cheers